We've got a co-pilot, we've got a gaming handheld, and we've got a spicy EU. Happy Friday, friends. The build has come. The build has gone. Xbox is doing things, and uh, yeah, we've got a game showcase that happened this week, and we've got another one coming up, and uh, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. It has been, uh, it's the Friday before a holiday weekend here in the United States, so things are a little bit lax, if you know what I mean, around the, around the workplace, but uh, here we go. Let's just dive in, because there was a lot to talk about this week. There really was. There really was. So the big news of the week, at least on the non-gaming side, was that Microsoft hosted its build conference. They talked about everything from, well, well Fabric to Copilots to Azure to really, you know, developing just about anything. Now, there's, I'm not going to talk about everything because it would take forever. So I'm going to focus in on a couple different things, especially on the Windows side. So Microsoft showed off uh, Windows Copilot for the desktop. I'm going to throw an image up here. So if you're listening on the audio, I mean, you could jump over to the video, but whatever. Uh, Microsoft showed off Copilot, which is what you can see on the right side here. And then they've also showed off a new file explorer as well. And so Copilot coming to the desktop is something we all completely knew was going to happen here. This is Microsoft's AI chat experience on the desktop. Now, a couple things to point out that Microsoft didn't explicitly say. By calling it Copilot, this will suggest that it is not going to be free. It seems, and this isn't a hard, fast rule, but as of right now, if things are branded Bing, like a Bing chatbot assistant, it appears that maybe they are going to remain free. But when Microsoft starts using the Copilot branding, it makes it appear that they are going to be charging for this. The reason why we assume that is that other Copilot branded things, such as GitHub Copilot, are not free. And Microsoft knows, and we all know as well, Microsoft is investing in a fusion reactor that these things are not cheap to run. While we don't know what the average cost per user is to actually keep all this AI jazz up and online, Microsoft will have to find a way to make money. And obviously they can do it through ads on Bing, but when you're doing it on your desktop and you're doing it with business stuff, like it doesn't really make sense to inject ads. So there are going to be fees associated. We just don't know when or how much. And so that is a big topic of conversation. But anyways, Copilot was demonstrated on the desktop. We will get a pilot, get it, in June, although we don't know what features will be available. It's Microsoft's going to start bringing it to the desktop. This is the least surprising thing Microsoft probably announced. Maybe June is a little bit earlier than people may have potentially thought, but either way, Microsoft is going hard and fast and heavy after this AI industry, and they are uh, not, not letting up anytime soon. Microsoft also said that Bing is now the default search engine for GPT-4. Again, not all that surprising. Also announced at Build is Windows Backup. So this is an easier way to get a new device up and online. This isn't this is more of a, it's a great feature. I'm not trying to downplay the feature. You've seen things like this on like iPhones and other mobile devices where it's like, oh yeah, use my last known kind of configuration thing. That's realistically what it's doing. And if you have stuff stored in the cloud, then it's even easier uh, to get it all back up and running. That being said, I don't know how often people are nuking machines anymore. It's been a while. I guess people buying new machines, that's certainly one way to get up and running. Either way, it's included now within Windows. Can't really be too upset about that. Also announced at Build is that TAR, uh, RAR, GZ, and all these sort of uh, compressed packages that used to be, you know, you required a third-party tool like WinRAR are now going to be built in support natively into the OS. This is a great thing on one side, meaning that it should be better for the user, right? You're going to get a better experience. You can now work with these uh, compressed packages and, and archive fi type files a little bit easier within Windows. On the downside, if you were a company that made a living selling a decompression tool, well, Microsoft just completely nuked you from orbit and yeah, 
Anyways, that update doesn't look like it's out quite yet. It should be coming, I believe, later this year is what Microsoft is saying at this time. And then also they did kind of quietly show off their new file explorer, which you can see here. It's not a dramatic overhaul, but you get a different sort of landing page or homepage, if you will. And it just does look a little bit more Windows 11e. And so these are all the updates. And speaking of updates, Microsoft just said, hey, we're going to ship moment three as well. Uh, during build effectively and moment three has just a bunch of minor updates it's nothing significant things like a dedicated vpn vpn indicator in the notification area you can add seconds to the system clock uh, you, you can now see more alt tabs or more alt tabs more edges when pressing alt tab there's some new privacy settings it's just a conglomeration of just little things that uh, are coming to the os and so those are the real big like Windows highlights. On the dev side, there's also the ability to add what's called a dev drive, there's, uh, which makes it easier to have like a portioned off port, portioned off portion, good, good enunciation there, a portioned off section of your drive dedicated to uh, Windows builds, dedicated to um, just different development tools so that you can kind of segregate it from the rest of your machine and gives you a little bit more control. There's also a new dev home app that is gonna make it easier to connect directly into GitHub with native integrations and yeah. And so again, this is Microsoft's build conference and that's kind of where all that is coming. Now, Microsoft also announced a bunch of other stuff at you know, sort of this week. It wasn't necessarily all build related, but it was all built into that build timeline, if you know what I mean. Uh, there's new features coming to the taskbar on Windows 11. You'll be able to right click and uh, do force close app. They are finally bringing ungrouping natively to the taskbar. And uh, what else are they doing? They're also working on, I don't believe that they announced this, but it's an AI based uh, wallpaper experience. So I'm not too, I, it's, it's a setting that allows you to, it's sort of like a depth effects. It's not quite parallax if you will, but it, it, it like when you're scrolling up and down, um, it kind of shifts. And if you're on the video again, you can see the kind of demonstration here that was posted up on Twitter by the book is closed. On to the gaming news, my friends, this week, because there was, <laughs> we can't get away from the acquisition stuff. We can't, it, it's the biggest acquisition that Microsoft's ever done, the biggest gaming acquisition. We can't get away from it. Anyways, in the UK, Microsoft has officially filed to, you know, fight the ruling that the CMA issued, saying they can't buy Activision. So they are putting the lawyers head to head, and that is officially underway. In the United States, Microsoft also won a, a small sort of battle, if you will. There's a group of gamers, I believe, out of California. I might be wrong on that. But either way, they were saying, look, we're going to be irreparably harmed by Microsoft buying Activision. And, and a federal judge said, no, not really, and threw that case out. So the small winning in the U.S., uh, but the big kind of thing came out from the EU, and there was a nice little quote from the EU saying why they approved this transaction when talking uh, in relation to the CMA, uh, denying the transaction. So this is the quote. It says, consider the pre-merger situation where Activision does not license its games to cloud services. So, in this case, the remedy opens the door for smaller cloud services in the EU to offer big games on their platforms, widening the choice of gamers. The merit of this remedy was recognized across the spectrum by developers, by cloud gaming providers, by distributors, and by, of course, consumer groups. And that is because it unlocked the potential of the cloud market. So if you remember back to the CMA's issue, it was like, hey, look, for Microsoft's promising this, this deal for 10 years, and after 10 years, Microsoft will be in control of the narrative. And the CMA was like, that's not good enough for us. The EU, on the other hand, was like, look, these games, these Activision games, more than likely would not ever be licensed to these small vendors. Activision would just chase the largest amount of dollars from one specific vendor, and they would go that route. By the, by the remedy that has been proposed, 
any vendor in the EU has access to these titles. And that is something that the EU did not believe would happen unless Microsoft buys Activision. So it's kind of an interesting approach, and I tend to agree with it. Obviously, I, the EU completely agrees with it as well. It's just like, look, if there's a startup in the EU that wants to put Activision games on there, they are guaranteed access now for 10 years. That is a very big deal for a small upstart trying to compete against the likes of Amazon, against Microsoft, against whoever, knowing that they have access to Call of Duty. Now, on the heels of that, which this actually actually came a little bit sooner than I thought, Boosteroid, which is a, a gaming service that you know not many of us have heard of, but it's in the EU, is now starting to offer Microsoft's first PC games on its platform. I actually didn't think that this was going to happen until after the deal closed, but you know what? Here we are. Uh, now this is happening, and uh, Microsoft's well on its way. The other big gaming news of the week is the Sony Q. The Sony Q. So this is a super interesting little thing because it's a it's an 8-inch handheld device. It's basically an in-home use only. It's not a switch. It's not an, an ROG ally. We don't know the pricing. We'll get more information later this year. But what this device allows you to do is allows you to stream PlayStation games inside your house, but you must have a PlayStation console, right? Remember that. It's not a cloud gaming. It's not. It is local streaming only. And people are kind of seeming to go nuts over it. I'm not quite sure why. First off, Microsoft has a very similar thing. Now, it's a different approach. It's called, I believe, Xbox, Xbox Remote Play. is a very similar style experience. And Sony appears to be doing the same thing. The difference here is that Sony is forcing you to buy a specific piece of hardware. They actually probably looked at what Microsoft's doing and said, hmm, how can we make money doing this? And they said, well, we'll just sell a dedicated handheld. Actually, it was announced, I believe, this week that the PSVR 2 had sold about six 600,000 units, so Microsoft, Sony has proven that their consumers have an appetite for buying additional hardware, and I think they're banking on that fact that this will allow sort of a mobile-style gameplay inside your house through a remote play-style experience. The question is, should Microsoft build something like this? I still think the answer is no. Like I said, they already have remote play. You can already pretty much do this on your iPhone. You just get another controller, and so we will see. Pricing will be interesting, right? It seems like it's a pretty low-power piece of hardware, so pricing shouldn't be all that expensive, but we will learn more later this year. Now, uh, let's jump on over into the gaming news here where I tweet out a link every week. I did not pull up the questions. That is shame on me. Uh, usually I have it here already up in the browser, but we are going to navigate to that because I tweeted out and I'm just filling time. So let's see. We got a handful of questions into the hopper. And so let's just dive in. Hi, Brad. This is Joe. Hello, Joe. As always, thank you for the Microsoft coverage. Thank you for writing in a comment. Uh, I'm doing a thumbs up. I don't, I don't man, I'm in a mood today. Uh, with all the tools Microsoft had built to help developers make Copilot type functionality, can companies name these features Copilot when they add it to their application? If so, will this what will this do to the Copilot branding Microsoft has been so effectively using with their applications? I seriously doubt that Microsoft will let another company use Copilot in the same way. That is a Microsoft brand. Yes, I understand that they're allowed to use Copilot functionality, but what I would imagine is it would be some sort of widget potentially powered by Copilot or Copilot-like features. I don't believe I could write a go like go write a thing called uh, Brad's Copilot and then like sell that commercially. I, I bet Microsoft would be quite perturbed if I tried to do that. But again, Copilot is Microsoft's branding. I suspect it'll be a sort of, uh, almost like a powered by Azure sort of thing. Cadgard says, B to the rat. Hope you had a good week. Hope you had a good week. You also get a thumbs up. Everybody's getting thumbs up this week. <laughs> uh, did you watch the PS Showcase? 
I, I don't think you talk much PS stuff here. I do a little bit, but not too much. Uh, I was curious what your thoughts were. Any games you'd like to see in the Xbox Showcase in a few weeks? Your top three. Uh, well, so it's kind of easy to talk about my top three because I, I would love to see Avowed. Um, Avowed, like Starfield, is obviously number one. Uh, but Avowed, I, I would love to see Avowed would be a super interesting one. Just because it it's... It's, we don't know much about it, really. So I've got Avowed. Uh, the new Forza looks great, by the way. I should say looks great. The new cover looks great. They're using Cadillac. Uh, there's uh, the Cadillac E-Ray, and I can't remember what their super like hypercar-looking thing is. Um, so the three things I'm looking forward to the most are Starfield, uh, probably Forza, because I love, I love playing Forza as a casual fan. And then uh, Avowed would be a nice little teaser as well. So if you're putting the top three in there. Now, like Home Run sort of out of, out of things that would also be interesting. A Gears of War update would also be interesting. I'd love a Halo Infinite Wars. I don't, I don't think we're going to see any of that. I'll see. I'm curious what 343 actually shows. They could show off some sandbox stuff, right? Remember, they've got that all running out. Um, I'm sure Minecraft Legends will probably make it in there as well. But yeah, Starfield... Forza and Avowed is the one that I hope we kind of learn a little bit more about that maybe we haven't heard a ton of from yet. And Matabear with the thumbs up. Uh, Sony showed off a lot of games at their Xbox showcase as well as a streaming remote play only handheld. Yes, exactly. This handheld is quickly being the target of mockery for Sony. Do you think this is re this reaction will alter Microsoft plans for supposed handheld of their own, not counting the ROG Ally or Keystone? Uh, we will see. Right, it's one thing to see like a lot of memes and mockery on the internet related to stuff that happens every time there's a single announcement. Let's wait and see if there's any sales to see if there's actually the mockery is uh, justified. I don't think it's going to change Microsoft's plans in any way. This is not quite a Keystone like product, I don't think, and because it's again you need the actual physical console, so it's actually a bit of a tax, if you will, because you got to go about the go buy the PS5. And then you've got to buy this additional hardware to get that type of experience. But I guess if you if you live in a household where you only have a limited number of TVs and this makes more sense, all oh, the TVs are so cheap. So I'm not quite sure. We will see. I'm not expecting a big response from Microsoft because, again, they already have remote play style things. And Mr. PK, I have thumbs up. Uh, two, two questions in this week. He says, since everything at Microsoft will have AI incorporated, are you now using Bing Chat GPT to answer your weekly podcast questions? I am not. These are still powered, uh, all questions on this podcast are still powered by Meet GPT, which is the meat matter that is between my earlobes. Uh, so Meet GPT is still powering the answers to these questions. And then Mr. PKI with the last question of the week, he says, I'm sure there'll be a lot of build questions, but I'm wondering if you picked up anything on the recent article that Windows 12 may be based on a new Microsoft ARM-based chipset like Apple since M1 MacBooks have been so popular. I don't think Windows 12 will be based on ARM. That would be that would be kind of crazy for Microsoft only because the I know for a matter of fact that the big push for Windows 12 is actually going to be these NPUs, right? We actually saw announcements from I believe AMD and Intel um, Intel's specifically on Meteor Lake, I believe that's the right chipset related to NPUs. Microsoft announced a bunch of AI stuff this week. Microsoft is looking at every conceivable way to lower costs for these experiences. And one way they can do that is they can offload some of that compute to these NPUs that will be local. It will not do everything that they need. It is not going to completely and reduce all of their overhead compute, but it will limit some of it uh, to the local machine itself, much like an iPhone can do it in other mobile devices we've already seen. That is where I think Windows 12 maybe headed. The Windows keynote was actually a little awkward. If you go back and watch Penis, it looked like he was kind of stalling for a long time because 
uh, I believe they actually took some of the announcements that were going to be during that event and then moved them up a day, moved them to the main keynote, not the uh, the Windows-specific keynote. Also, it was kind of awkward because I believe at the beginning of that Windows keynote, it says, we're going to talk about the future of Windows. And it sounded like more of like a Windows 12 sort of arc look. And we really didn't get any of that. All we got was some AI stuff and like future meaning June of this year, not like future like we tend to think of future in the world of Microsoft. Microsoft is working on ARM-related stuff. There is zero doubt, and we already know that because they work with Qualcomm, and Microsoft wants its own ARM-compatible hardware, but Microsoft will not be specifically chasing the M1, M2 because it's a game that they I don't believe they can actually win currently, and it doesn't make sense for them to win because if Microsoft goes hard into that route, what are they going to say to their partners over at Intel and AMD who are so instrumental to their long-term success? And so, yeah, uh, I don't think... I'm not saying Windows 12 won't be coming to ARM. That is not absolutely not what I'm saying. We will, I hope we see more proliferation of ARM product. I do, but it's going to be a slow journey. It's not going to be an Apple-like switch uh, in the near future. So there you go, my friends. Like I said, build this week, lots of Windows news, lots of dev news. Xbox side keeps continuing to punch through that CMA stuff. We are uh, two weeks away, June like June, what is it, June 11th for their showcase? It's coming up here soon. Uh, so we'll get a big dash of Microsoft gamingified news here over the next, I bet we'll get some leaks. I mean, that's typical kind of leading up to these sort of things. And so as always, my friends, make sure to keep it subscribed here because on the BS on this podcast is me.